I have to ask this, dude. Running in a wetsuit, does that chafe? <laughs> the chafe city. <laughs> it's I can't bet, dude. That's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to the Run the Riot podcast, where we talk about all things ultra running. I'm your host, David Terrio, and man, I'm pumped that you are here. Let's see what we can get into today. Hey there, my friends. Welcome to this week's episode of the Run the Riot podcast. This week, we'll be talking with my buddy, Devin Nelson. Man, we had a great time just visiting, talking about how we met. And man, I just love the story. I love hearing how people got into ultra running. And he started by doing Tough Mudders. I knew he was into the OCR thing, but he started with the Tough Mudders. And then, and dude just started signing up for tough races (laughs) and tough hundred miles. And I just love hearing the journey. I love his mindset. I love his heart. We talk a lot about just how training when you got a family. Nevs, man. We talk about redemption, mindset all kinds of fun stuff. But before we get into the podcast, let's talk about our sponsors. The Run the Riot podcast is brought to you by the Outlaw Race Series. You need to check these guys out at www.outlaw100.com. There are a ton of races and they're all fantastic. First of all, in January, there's Winter Rock with distances 25K and 12K. In February, the flagship of the Outlaw 100 Race Series, the Outlaw 100 in Wilberton, Oklahoma, with distances from 135 miles all the way down to the 5K. Prairie Spirit in March in Ottawa, Kansas. Distances 100 miles down to 50K. Lake McMurtry in April in Stillwater, Oklahoma. 100K down to 5K. The Greater Roadrunner Trail Run at Roman Nose State Park in Watonga, Oklahoma in May. Distances 4 to 12 miles. And then the Flower Moon in Pawhuska also in May from 50 miles all the way down to 4 miles. Then there's the Dark and Dirty in July in Wilburton, Oklahoma. There's a 50K all the way down to 5K, and you can run trail or gravel. Then there's the Honey Badger 100 also in July. 100 mile and 50 mile. That's a hot one on pavement. Fun. (laughs) Then there's the Flat Rock in Independence, Kansas. Distances 101 mile all the way down to 12K. That's in September. In October, we've got the Kansas Rails to Trails Extravaganza in Ottawa, Kansas. 100 mile all the way down to half marathon. And last but certainly not least, the Thunderbird in Norman, Oklahoma in November. 100K all the way down to 5K. These are great trail runs put on for ultra runners, by ultra runners. Guys, you will get taken care of if you go do these races. You'll get awesome medals, amazing buckles, and some nice swag. Check them out at www.outlaw100.com. Today on the Run the Riot podcast, we got a friend of mine, Devin Nelson. What's going on, Devin? What's going on, man? It's an honor to be here. Oh, glad to have you, man. It, right now, we're recording on a Sunday afternoon, man. What you been up to? Man, not much. Just normal Sunday activities. Went to church this morning. Before that, obviously got in a run. That's a must. Yeah. But other than that, just hanging out on a Sunday afternoon with family and just doing the thing. 
cool, man. How far did you run this morning? I got 12 miles in. There was a, there's a little section out by my house that someone put on Strava and someone took my local legend on there. So <laughs> I, I, I had to go back out there and do it like five more times to be like, keep up with me, buddy. I do that too, man, here in Owasso. We've got some, a few spots, a few segments in my route, man. I, when you got to run as many miles as we all do, I, I just like, I'm going to just do this one about five or six times just so nobody gets it. It just is stupid, but yeah. whatever. It makes it a little, makes it a little fun. It's always fun because we have a pretty good running community here in Topeka, but this one, this particular name, I recognize them. So oh, who's, who's this guy? It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. You know, what's funny, man, is with those Strava segments and I have lived a few different places like South Louisiana, lived in Honolulu for a while. And I guess it was a couple months ago and it's been Shoot, I was in 2012. I was living in Honolulu and somebody took away my, I don't know, what do you call it? What do you call the fastest segment or whatever in it, your local legend or yeah, whatever? Yeah, or something in Hawaii. Somebody took it. I was like, oh, I didn't know I had that. And then a little bit later, one of them in Morgan City, Louisiana, that I didn't even know I still had. But I was like, <laughs> oh man, that's, I didn't know I had it. No, somebody took it. Oh, it's nice. It's fun. It makes it fun, man. So, man, you and I, me, you and Jonathan, man, we met in person at Prairie Spirit, right? We did. Yeah. Jonathan and I were volunteering at that particular race and I think I saw somewhere that you were going to be crewing there. And then yeah. we got pretty hyped. So, I don't know if, when I started running ultras in 20, it was 2019 when I ran my first one, you were the first ultra like running podcast I'd even discovered. Like, That's crazy. I don't, think I, I don't think I ever told you the story, but you had the mile 90 people on your podcast early yeah. on and they had been the photographers for my first ultra race. Yeah. And they shared it. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that there were running podcasts out there. <laughs> nice, and then, nice. you know, I discovered yours and then down that rabbit hole I went. <laughs> oh, nice. That's cool, man. That's pretty yeah. awesome. And I, yeah, I wasn't too, I hadn't been doing it too long then. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, but anyway, got, yeah, I got to meet you guys out at Prairie Spirit and it was cool. And then since then we shared some miles at Flat Rock and you guys did the 101K. And then this past year at Flat Rock, I was there crewing my daughter you were running a 50k for your birthday. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. And I, I don't know. I hope I thanked you, but thanks for the invite to, to have some birthday cake, man. I got to have birthday cake with you and your family, man. That was cool. I've started a tradition running my age and my birthday. It started when I was 29 and 30, 31, now 32. So Flat Rock, I had to run an extra mile to make sure I got 32. But as the as I get older, it might get a little bit more difficult. I know, man. <laughs> I, my birthday's in September and I'm getting up there, dude, it's hot in September. So I don't know. I thought about every now and then I think about doing it and it's, yeah, I'm usually training for something else. So I just, man. <laughs> yeah, th this year coming up, not that I'm already eyeing my birthday, but I haven't signed up quite yet, but I am doing the Flat Rock 101 miler. So nice. hundred miles on my birthday because that's my yeah. birthday weekend. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That, hey, that's a, uh, and that is a big buckle. <laughs> that is giant. It's a great race. So man, let's rewind like a whole bunch. Okay. So you, are you from Topeka? From Manhattan originally, Manhattan, Kansas. Where is there. Manhattan, Kansas, man? It sounds like a big metropolis. <laughs> it's, they call it the little apple, but where K-State is, <laughs> okay. uh, maybe oh, an, yeah. hour, okay. an hour to the west of Topeka. All my friends are Jayhawk fans. I'm the lone wildcat. So nice. <laughs> So cats. Yeah, from Manhattan, my wife and I, we moved here about seven years ago. And then we've just been here. We've, we're now approaching, we've lived in Topeka longer than we've lived in Manhattan. Okay. Technically. 
Um, nice. But yeah, from Manhattan, moved here. Yeah. Tell me about your life growing up in Manhattan, man. What'd you, what were you, what'd you do growing up and stuff? What was your life like? Technically, I grew up north of Manhattan in a little town called Westmoreland. I, it was founded in the 1800s. I think that the name of the town, let's go west for more land. Nice. Uh, Westmoreland, yeah, which just yeah. kind of makes sense. But I grew up there, went to a small high school. Like most people assume that I did soccer or did track in school. I didn't do any sports. I played baseball as a kid. And then in high school, like my dad never really pushed me to do anything. He never made me do soccer. It, typically soccer is the first sport kids get into. I never did soccer. I just didn't really do a whole lot as a kid. Yeah. And then I, I played baseball in high school, but it was, I quotation marks baseball because I just rode the bench. I quit basketball when I was a freshman because there were too many kids going out and they only had one team. And so I didn't want to work hard to, there's a lot of lessons I could have learned as a kid, but yeah. I, I didn't, I learned them as an adult, which could be bad, could be good. It's yet to be determined, Yeah. but, but yeah, I didn't really do much past high school. I graduated from Mott Creek and then just went through the party phase. I went to community college, a branch of it in Wamigo, still didn't run, still wasn't active, put on probably a few pounds. And then it wasn't until my friend who, uh, Basically, he told me to do to sign up for a Tough Mudder, and I had no idea what a Tough Mudder was. Yeah. And so that was my introduction to running. Essentially, I didn't have any. I was surrounded by people that just partied a lot. We went to the bars. I played in bands, and and then it wasn't until my friends told me to sign up for a Tough Mudder. And to me at the time, just to explain what a Tough Mudder is, it's a between a 10 and 13 mile obstacle course race where you run through mud, run through under barbed wire, over walls. You even get electrocuted at the very end. It's just one of those things that like people think that they can't do that but then they see a friend that does it if he can do it then i can do it too yeah i trained eight nine months for that thing and then once i did it it was one of those holy cow i did it and then yeah and then pretty much after that i just i did about one a year i didn't train for anything else and yeah. it wasn't really it wasn't really until i moved to topeka and my friend Josh that works at Coca-Cola with me realized that he ran further than a Tough Mudder and ran further than a marathon and ran a lot further than that. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of how it all started. Yeah. I had no idea. I didn't know you started in, I knew you did o the OCR stuff, obstacle course races, but I didn't know that's, that was your introduction into it. How did, so I've done the conquer the, what is it? Conquer the gauntlet? Uh, Yep, yeah, conquer the gauntlet. I've done that one twice and that was pretty fun. But this is after this is the last couple of years, man. And you going into it, not having done a whole lot of sports or anything. So you're having to work like run. You got to run 10 to 13 miles and then the obstacle courses. So what did you how did you train for that? Just kind of you said you train eight, nine months for it, but like without a background in stuff, like what did you do? Kind of like how I started training when I started running ultras. I just winged it. Yeah. I was like, okay, I got to do some pull-ups. I got to do some push-ups. And I think at the time, I remember I ran 10 miles on a treadmill and I thought I was going to, I was like, I got to at least try to cover the distance. And yeah. I thought I was going to die. And it's just one of those, one of those things that, you know, you prepare as you can. My, my friends that we did it with, they didn't take it too seriously. They all even drank the night before. But I was like, I wanted to try my best and do my best. And yeah. it's just just trying to stay steady with things. And you don't know until you, yeah. I did technically my first race ever was a 5k warrior dash. If you remember yeah. the warrior dash brand, rest in peace, warrior dash, they went out, they were purchased by a larger company and then went out and then they just discontinued it. But that was my first ever race. And typically those smaller races are the entry points for people that want to get into 
the OCR stuff and yeah, and that. And then I did a Tough Mudder every year for four or five years, and then World's Toughest Mudder. Yeah. I don't know if you know what that is, but that's that's the Western states of OCR. If yeah. you want to compare, if you want to compare that, that's where the elites go. It's a 24 hour obstacle course race, and essentially they crank down the Tough Mudder course into a five mile segment. Then you run that as many times as you can in a 24 hour period. So you have all the obstacles condensed down into a five mile course, and then you just keep doing it. And I think it was 2018 when CBS did a documentary series on it. It might've been 2017, but I saw normal people doing it. Like it wasn't just always Amelia Boone is one of the first like athletes that I discovered. And then there are a few others with Ryan Atkins and some of the original Tough Motor OCR people, but I saw normal people running in. I was like, if, if they can do it, yeah. they're normal people. It's okay. It's how it first started. My my buddy Josh did this. Can I do it too? And so 29, I think it was January of 2019. I'll sit next to my wife, Shay, and I was like, I think I'm going to sign up for this thing. Yeah. And I've been talk, talking about it and I just signed up for it. And then that was that. It was in Atlanta that year. In the previous year, okay, the docuseries was 2017, because 2018, it was in Atlanta, and then 2019, it was also in Atlanta. So Shay and I, November of 2019, I drove down to Atlanta, not knowing anyone, and never been there, and that's when we just ran that race and did it. That's awesome. So you were, you like, when you started doing the Tough Mudders and stuff, you were married and everything, just... Shay and I were, we weren't married, we got married in 2014, and okay. I ran my first one in 2013. Okay. Um, gotcha. We've been together since high school. I was yeah. joking with her earlier. So we're approaching, we've been together longer than we haven't. Yeah, like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> she's seen me from the very start of all this. We got through some of those party boy stages in my early 20s where but she stuck with me. It goes, it just we can talk about our wives and stuff later in the podcast and how important they are to what we do. Yeah. But yeah, which she owes me a tough mutter. Like she, she, she committed, like I made a Facebook post a few years ago if it got 100 likes she would do a tough mutter and she hand shook me and it got, it got 150 <laughs> likes so Jay, when you're li- when you're listening to this you owe me a tough mutter all right so i'll tell you this when she signs up and does it we'll share it on the podcast yes. we'll share it we'll put it out on social media <laughs> to follow her and all <laughs> yeah so that's just a little more yeah. pressure we're just helping you out brother put it out there <laughs> appreciate that <laughs> she might punch you i don't know <laughs> Uh, yeah. no, that's, that's cool, man. So she was pretty supportive and you we could pause here for a second with that, because when I, for the stuff that we do, even that, and we're, we're going to talk about where you've been from there, but if our wives aren't on board, man, it's, it would be rough. When I signed up for, when I was trying to get in Western States and said, Hey, if and we could use that, I don't know, kind of manipulation. Hey, if I don't get into Western States, can I sign up for the title 200? And she's like, whatever. <laughs> and just hurry up and do it before they change their mind and stuff. <laughs> just, but yeah. no, we need their support, man. Cause it's, it takes a lot of time and resources. Uh, I, when you, this morning, you said you got your run in early this morning. I was on the treadmill, right on the side of here. I did a half marathon this morning before church. So it's, you just, you do what you got to do, man, to get it done. But yeah, it, it's important. Does she, does she get to, I know she was there for, for flat rock and stuff. Does she come out and crew you much? Yeah. She, she says she does it to make sure I survive these things because she, <laughs> she's seen me at my worst and yes. she she's a vital part of me completing these things and she's been at she's been at everyone nice so 
That's awesome. Every big event that I've done, she's been there. Yeah. And it's it's even more special now because she brings the boys and she corrals them and makes it so they see me finish these things. But granted, they weren't there at World's Toughest Mudder, but got too cold and we're like, we don't yeah. want to do that. Yeah, so. you don't want to. You don't want to. It's halfway across the country. Right. <laughs> yeah. How old are you boys? One's five and one's one. That's cool. Yeah. So this past year training for things has been a little bit different because when the baby's crying and the, the older ones wanting attention, it's hard to be like, Hey, I got to go run. Or <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Sometimes you just got, you got to put that on pause and, until they're good. But yeah. they're the one-year-old, he's almost walking and it's awesome. Like I, I call my training approach because I don't follow any plan or anything. I've never committed to a coach or any plan, but I call my training approach, the dad life training plan. Nice. Because <laughs> essentially it's when I can fit it in. Sometimes I have an hour window between when I get off and when my, cause my wife works in the evenings. And so there's an hour window in there where I can get something in. Yeah. And then on Saturdays, the times that we do get to spend together, I try to get as much done before they even wake up just yeah. so I can be there. So it's just what I can get in when I can get in and yeah. just try to not fall off the rails with other things. And that's been my approach for the last couple of years. Nice. Before we even get into the, the ultras you've done and stuff, let's talk a little bit about that. What do you think? Do you just do kind of the, I don't know, Courtney DeWalter thing and say, okay, I need to get this many miles in at this point and for the race. And you just try to try to fit it in when you can, or you just get what you get. Yeah. I got to play to the race. I don't, not that any hundred miler is easy, but I don't choose the easy ones. Yeah, I noticed I choose, that. I, I tend <laughs> to pick the ones in the mountains, which you can't train for in Kansas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Oklahoma either. Yeah. But I, not to say I know what my body can do at this point, because I've never actually reached the full limit yet. But through the week, I emphasize strength training and just high intensity, like just cardio work. Yeah. And then on the weekends, it's a long run. Like my yeah. friend, Sean, who was here in speaker, he was joking with me the other day. He was like, Devin, I get such a kick out of your Strava because I know that through the gym, you hit the weights. And then all of a sudden, there's a 17-mile run. There's a 20-mile <laughs> run on Saturday. And that's it. Yeah, that's because it. I, don't put the, I don't put the weight stuff on Strava because I don't like wearing my watch in the gym. But. Yeah, yeah, it's it seems to have worked, and then just trying to eliminate life stressors. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about the DNF at Silver Heels in twenty twenty one. We're gonna get there. Uh, We're gonna get there. <laughs> We're yeah. definitely gonna get but there. Just, but just a part of the dad life approach is just trying to eliminate as many stressors as you can, just mentally, because if you're worried about this and that, so many different things, it's just gonna compile and it's gonna lead to a bad run or a bad workout. And just trying to do your best day in and day out. Yeah. That's just my approach. And one of the things, probably said it before on the podcast, but our body interprets all stress as stress, whether it be training stress, life stress. And when I'm coaching and helping people out, it's good to know what's going on in their life. They're like, hey, their runs aren't going well. Hey, what's going on? And they're like, oh, not much. Just we're moving. We're buying a house. We're changing just all these huge life changes. Oh, and you're man. like, okay, dude, we need to, you need to let me know about this stuff because it's, you've got, you're going to, you're going to get injured. Your body just interprets all that stress and but you've got to, do some adjusting sometime. And yeah, you got to be. And, and you can't feel bad for it either. I think I follow Jocko a lot and Jocko plans to train every single day. Yeah. But he says that he doesn't train every day because life, like don't, his approach is don't plan a rest day because life will give you a rest day. Eventually, like something's going to come up, the car's going to break down, you're going to be late at work, this and that, but just try your best to do something every day. Yeah. It's <laughs> my, my approach. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's me. I have no planned days off. I got something every day, but it's funny. We're planning a family vacation out to, to go to Branson and do some Silver Dollar City with the, and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, if we leave Saturday, I got to give him a long run in. I gotta, so I'm like, okay, a Friday I can make it. So I'm just, I'm going to have to get a few less miles that week. I already know it. And it's just got to be there with the family, man. You got to be available. And that's, that's okay. Because I don't take any real days off. If I get a couple of days where I'm backed off a little bit, it probably do me some good. Yeah that and walking around it, i don't know i get more exhausted walking around a theme park for for a day than a yeah. we went to branson when my wife was pregnant with our first one so we haven't been there six years now yeah but we didn't do any of the rides because she was pregnant at the time but carson my oldest boy he's approaching the age that like it's getting really fun because yeah. we can do the theme parks now yeah, and, yeah. but you gotta yeah. chase them around a little bit and all, and it's fun. That's cool. So you got in, you did the tough mutter, the world's toughest mutter. How did that go for you, man? So the first, it was in 2019. I still had the same training plan approach. Just, you know, get the long runs in. I never, so when I signed up for that, I never ran any trail races before. I signed up for world's toughest mutter and then discovered trail running through that because okay. that's when my, that's when I found out my friend, Josh Watson, shout out to him because we joke here and speak. It's we run ulcers because it's his fault because he's the <laughs> one he's the one that gets us all into it because before i knew him i didn't know anyone ran further than a marathon that was yeah. like normal a normal person and he had run 100 milers and he took me on my first trail run but my first trail race was the hawk marathon and then because i had a goal at world stuff's mutter to get 50 miles on a 24-hour period doing all because you get a special brown bib and i was like i've never ran more than 20 miles. So I need to at least cover an ultra distance, hopefully. So I ran Hawk Marathon and then I ran the Lake Perry 50K. And then that was my introduction to trail running and to nice. running ultra, ultra marathons was that way. And then fast forward to November, Shay and I, we go, it's such a beautiful thing because the Tough Mudder community, ultra running community, they're all the same, like same types of people. We didn't know anyone in Atlanta. Our Airbnb fell through two weeks before. So I just sent out a bat signal to the Tough Mudder community. <laughs> I was like, hey, we need a place to stay. Like, I don't want to spend an arm or leg on a hotel room. And then 25 comments popped up. You can stay with us. You can stay with us. So Dude, that's so cool. It's so awesome. And there's probably, I think, close to a thousand people that run the world's toughest mutter. Yeah. And so there's a lot of people there. It's not like you're middle of nowhere ultra. It's a little bit high production is what I yeah. would describe it as, but. Yeah, we got there, got to the Airbnb with complete strangers, and then we left there the best of friends. And we've stayed with them. I've ran it three times now. And we've stayed with them every time. We all get a house together and all that stuff. But yeah, I got 50 miles that year and nice. learned a lot about myself because it got down. It didn't get as cold as the previous year, but it did get down to 30. I think it got to 30 degrees. And so Think about you're running in and out of water. You have to be full wetsuit. Okay. I never ran in a wetsuit previous to that. All the gear you can imagine. And then even then you're still cold. Okay. Like I have suit. to ask this dude running in a wetsuit because I've put one on and swam in it, but does that chafe? <laughs> the chafe city. <laughs> dude, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And actually my wetsuit wasn't like warm enough. And so I got to about, it was just a cool thing. It was about 30, 35 miles in. And I hit that wall that I'd never experienced before because it was my first time running more than six, seven hours. Yeah. And a buddy that was in the tent that was crewing, he was like, man, I got a thicker wetsuit. I got all the gear that I brought with me. He wasn't running. And he was like, you can use this because 
he knew that I wanted 50 miles yeah. and he knew that I had it in me because it was still, it was like 3 a.m. And it, it starts at noon. It goes till noon Sunday. Okay. So it was like yeah. three, four in the morning. And he was like, put this stuff on and go get out there. And sure enough, because of his generosity, Nathan, I got that 50 miles. And yeah, so that's awesome. And that was just, but then the aftermath of that, I never experienced like body shutdown and like cramps out of, no, it's just like running an ultra except it's your whole body. That's, yeah. You can see your forearms shaking because of the amount of times you've gone over the stupid wall. <laughs> that, that, I can't so, imagine, dude. <laughs> yeah, there was there was a funny quote. Obstacle Course Racing Media they did a documentary, and one of the one of the athletes was like, "So there's not a whole lot of ultra runner. Okay, so there's a lot of endurance OCR runners that discover ultras and they go they start running ultra marathons. There's not a whole lot of ultra marathons." ultra marathon runners that want to do something like that and yeah. it's like that's probably pretty accurate because i'm i in a few podcasts courtney DeWalter has toyed around with the idea but you're not going to see jim walmsley or yeah. you're not going to see some of the soft athletes in the world's toughest mudder community <laughs> but yeah. i'm jonathan when he listens to this he said he would do one one of these one okay. of these years all right so, jonathan i'm calling you out again I'm going to, I'll mention it to him. I, when I see him, I will mention that to him. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I did that. It was an adventure with Shay and I, and then we came back and then I signed up again for the following year. Cause of course they send that post-race email. Hey, we got cheapest yeah. price. It'll be might as well. But that like was, crack, that was yeah. But that was 2020. And, and I think we all know how that went. Yeah. So yeah, I think it was maybe March, April, 2020. Cause at the time Spartan purchased Tough Mudder. And so okay. they went through a whole dismantle and company organization and what's Tough Mudder going to happen, a whole bunch of stuff. But yeah. Spartan purchased Tough Mudder and then COVID happened and then they canceled all of the Tough Mudder season. So I'm like, well, I think this might be the time that I try a hundred miler because yeah. my friend Josh had ran, I think he's done, I think he's three for, he's either two for three, three for four. But so I signed up for the Hawk because that was the closest to me. And then, but the Hawk was canceled. And so... I had trained all summer for a hundred marathon or for a hundred miler as best as I could. And I felt prepared. I was like, I'm, I'm running a hundred miler. And so I, I actually made a meme that sort of went viral. And it was one of the, you had the dudes sitting at the desk and you had all the other people like fighting and it was all the COVID politics and world destruction. And then there's me sitting at the desk trying to find a hundred miler. That wasn't <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. I know that feeling, so, bro. <laughs> um, yeah, there was not a whole lot, but, and I wanted one around the same time period as the World Stuff is Mudders in November. So I chose the Ozark Trail 100 because the likelihood of that not being canceled. And my friend Miguel had ran it as his first 100 miler. And I didn't pick an easy one because it's a point to point 100 miler in central Missouri. Yeah. And so that, that was the first, that was my first 100. And but like everyone's first 100 miler, you can, it's special in a lot of different ways. Yeah. And, that particular year it was just shay and i that went my friend miguel he him and his son came down they live in wichita he came down to come and crew and pace me but the idea was for him to pace me the last like probably 40 like 35 miles maybe but he ended up picking me up at the 50k point or it might have been 40 miles in because yeah. i was already hurting and struggling and he had been there and he knew it so i think he paced me like 60 miles Dude, that's like, awesome. In the Ozark. And bro, I could never, I, at the time, I'm like, I could never repay you for that. He's like, no, dude, it's nothing. It's, you did it. You did all the things, but he's actually running the Divide 100. I don't know if oh, you've seen that. I've seen that. The, yeah. The inaugural always, year for it. 
I'm always he's, looking he's for stuff get... going on in Colorado, and I saw that one coming up. Yeah, that yeah. looks great. Yeah, so I agreed to taste in there probably about 30 miles, so I'll get to experience some of that. But Sweet. Yeah, Jay and I went down there. We followed the bus there because it's point to point. We didn't want to yeah. get lost. We followed the bus to the start, and then she, her, and Miguel's son drove through the Ozark, meet me at aid stations. And I think I finished it in 29 hours, but my father-in-law and mother-in-law, they brought my son there because we didn't want my, at the time we just had the one Carson. He was probably three, I think three. And they met me at the finish line. Yeah. And, and that was like, I watched the video because I posted on Facebook and sometimes in the middle of winter, I need that motivation to, to get out the door. And it's like, I watched those videos that, that people, that my wife, I think my wife captured that one. And yeah. That was pretty special, but mile 93, you know, when my wife is like, everyone's waiting for you at the finish line. They're all there. <laughs> yeah. You just got to get there. <laughs> those little things when you, I always say there's something special about going, like reaching the distance that you like in no man's land. Yeah. Like, like at the time I never run more than 50 miles or yeah. wait, no, I ran. I, no, at the time it was no more than 50 miles. Yeah. Yeah, that that was special. Yeah. yeah. What were those emotions yeah. like at the finish though? Cause I like to hear because some you for especially your first hundred to get there and you know all that you put into it, all the mm -hmm. stress trying to find something with COVID and all. You're just privileged to be able to run something and then you struggle through it, but you get it done. Come on, did you cry? Dude, I cried like a I cried everywhere. <laughs> That's like, awesome. I love it. <laughs> like I, I'm a pretty emotional person yeah, and yeah. I try to post a lot with my emotion. And some people mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that do follow along, but I don't do it for that. I post this stuff a lot of times to reflect back when I, yeah. when I, sometimes I need it, but like at the end of the Ozark, they call the hills, the three sisters. And so you're 95 miles in your legs are beat and you have these three just monstrous hills, you know, hills and, yeah. <laughs> like stupid hills. And I was apologizing to Miguel because I know what, as a pacer, I've paced a few times now and it's, it is a sacrifice, yeah. but man, even as a pacer, seeing your friend, that like seeing Jonathan finish Leadville, yeah, dude, that was Ooh, special. I bet, that was dude, special. yeah. And I like just having Miguel do that, and then just seeing my father-in-law. He's older. He's a Vietnam veteran, and to him be there, mm -hmm. and my son is like him running up to me, giving me a big old hug, and crying like a baby. Oh, so man. it's all the things. That's good, man. I, you yeah. talk about being a pacer and helping, and we've both probably been we've been on that side too. And there's so much to fulfilling when you finish a race but when you get to be a part of helping somebody uh, dude, else achieve all, that goal just good. dude yeah dude. i love it the love it 100 that was is this weekend 100 100k out in arkansas great race man if you might want to put that one on your list because it's tough and uh, i heard your podcast about it <laughs> yeah it's good it's a good race man it's a really good race as well but anyway i, I got to pace one of the runners i coached john and, and he had a tough time but he kept pushing through and man it just went just to come through the finish line with him. And I, I'd finished that race before and it was just so awesome being, playing that other part and being there. And man, that's an ultra community, man. It's good. It's people helping. It really people. is. You know, I, I'm glad that I haven't been on the pacer side of things where your runner has to DNF. I've never been a part of that, but that, dude, that would be tough. It is tough. <laughs> been like, there. <laughs> oh man. Or sometimes when you're, when the runner, like the talk a little silver heels, I didn't realize because Jonathan and I, he mentioned we had planned to run that thing together. I didn't know that Justin was going to meet us at mile, mile 80 to pace yeah. us to the end. Yeah. I didn't know that. He yeah. Didn't tell yeah. Us that. <laughs> yeah. Was, like, I, I guess he was just, just waiting and okay, guys, I'm going to go home now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But yeah. That, yeah. 
No, that's it's it's a. And I've had I've paced Cliff Pittman when he was running the Arkansas Traveler, and he got he got an injury. His knee was tried everything. Like, okay, I can't tell you to keep going, but let's keep going. Like, if it's an injury, you you can't you got to live to fight another day and be smart about it. Yeah, I don't know unless you goggins and you put some duct tape on it and keep moving or something. But it's- at the end of this last year at Silver Hills, I did. At the final A station, I asked him if they had duct tape because my feet <laughs> fell apart. Yeah, and yeah. like the bl- the blisters popped open. And uh, I'm like, if it would have happened up on top of the mountain, I might have been in trouble. But I had five miles to go. So I was like, yeah. do you have any just tape? Yeah. So yeah. So you got Ozark Trail, which I heard that's a I heard that's a great race. I, I need to I need to consider that on my list at some point. Is it a I mean, I know you struggled through a lot of it and pushed through, but is it a pretty race? I know that trail's probably awesome. It's a it, it's a point to point. It's beautiful. There's you will get so tired of leaves. It's in the Mark Twain National Forest. And you legit have eight to nine inches of leaves that oh, you're tripping just the entire time. But the A station is approaching because about a mile, probably about a half mile out, they take a leaf blower to all the <laughs> to the trails. So you know it's approaching. That's funny. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, one that- of one of my, one of the distinct memories on that race, I think it was like the Gunstock Hollow A station. They had a giant, like one of those projector screens, and they were jamming ACDC music videos <laughs> in the middle of the woods. I'm like, this is the absolute <laughs> best. As a first hundred miler, like, there's nothing better than this. <laughs> That's awesome. It sounds like on a Arkansas, an Arkansas traveler, they have a couple aid stations where they put like these crazy laser lights and stuff, and the music's <laughs> blaring, and you're like, all right, am I seeing this? Is this really? Is this happening? Because I'm goopy yeah. right now. But uh, yeah, that, that's cool. I like that, man. Especially in the middle of the woods, you're in the middle of nowhere. Oh, it's it's got, the best. So you survived your first hundred. You got it done, man. You achieved your goal. And so I'm looking right now. What was your next? What was your next hundred that you signed up for? Was it Silver, it was Hill? Silver Hill? Okay. Yeah. All right. So for those of you listening, you probably heard us talk about Silver Heels a little bit before. And on Jonathan's podcast, we talk about it. Now, Silver Heels, that is a tough course. I did the 50 miler one time for training and I almost DNF the 50 miler. We started midnight and that just in, in the mountains, I think it's hot at the time. It was average elevation was second only to hard rock. I think at the mm-hmm. time, I don't know if there's there might, one might've just surpassed it, but it's top three. Yeah. Like as far as a- average elevation. Yeah, it's up there. And so that, and especially Kansas and Oklahoma boys and trying to get up there and do that. So you sign up for Silver Heels. How did, tell me, you, you alluded to it a little bit doing your daddy training. So how did that, how did you train for it? And give me, I heard Jonathan a little bit talk about it, but what's your perspective on it? I listened to you, you did a review of it. So it was actually, yeah. it was actually your fault that I discovered it. Oh, <laughs> you're welcome. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah. Just. We had a lot of kind of DIY. It was before Jonathan had a, had a coach. So we had met, we've only even known each other for a short while, but we had met and then we both signed up for it. It would have been his first hundred miler, but we, it's hard to train for these things. We have a trail system here in Kansas called, it's at by the governor's mansion here in Topeka. And we had a kind of our, one of our peak training weeks was get 10,000 feet of elevation out there. Yeah. And so yeah. there were a lot of hill repeats. We did actually, I think it was before we can, well, say quotation marks paper, because we were just winging our training. Hey, man, you want to go run 20 miles? Let's go run 20 miles. <laughs> that, awesome. that was our approach. <laughs> and, but we actually did one weekend. We flew out from Kansas City to Denver. And then okay. my buddy down there, he picked us up, drove us down to Colorado Springs, and we did Manitou Incline repeats. Okay. Wow. <laughs> we, dude, that's great. We did the incline three times, and then we did the bar trail the next day and then flew back that Sunday. 
Nice. So I like that. that that's just how we did it. We had cheap plane tickets and a, yeah. And my buddy let us drive around his car. I don't know if Ryan Ryan will ever listen to this, but man, shout out to Ryan. He treats <laughs> us to whenever we go to Colorado, he treats us there. That was our just wing it approach. And then we had we ran the Flat Rock 101K together. Yeah. Kind of one of the cool things about that particular race too is John, the race director, in order to run the hundred miler, you had to do eight hours of volunteer time. Yeah. And so regardless if it was at a station or trail work or whatever. So Honestly, I think that should be the thing because before that, I never volunteered at a race and that kind of forced me to do it, which mm -hmm. in return, like reflecting on it, like I volunteered several times since then and yeah. you got to do it. One is as trail runners, it should be an obligation to do it, to give yeah. back to the things we take. And, and honestly, that's how we met you. And yeah. like when we finally met you in person, like we were not starstruck, but we we're like, dude, this David, this David, this David. <laughs> just to just reflect on that volunteer time. Yeah. A memory that has really stuck with me. I don't know if you remember this, but we were volunteering at the 50K turnaround. So as some of the 50 milers were coming back, I don't know what distance your runner was running, you were doing but you were waiting. Yeah. yeah, as he was coming back, you were waiting there. And there was this guy that came in and he was wrecked. He was going to quit. Jonathan and I, we talked him out of it because we're like, dude, we've been there. We know you're almost there. You got 13 miles. You can do it. And his girlfriend sent him off. And then you ran up to him and you prayed with him. Oh, and yeah. you I forgot about that, yeah. over dude. That that has stuck with me forever. And he finished that race too. Yeah, and just that was just that was a powerful moment that I'll always remember. We want to thank Runners World Tulsa for sponsoring this podcast. Also, man, you need anything, and you're in the Tulsa area. Go to Runners World Tulsa. Check them out at www.runnersworldtulsa.com. They've got so many shoes. They've got packs. They've got watches. They've got. Everything that you need to run the roads, to run ultras, and you know what? They've got a ton of experience. They even got an altitude tent that you can train in. They'll put you on a training plan to get ready for your Leadville races or your mountain races that are coming up. Man, check out Runner's World Tulsa. Also, you can click on their events on the website, and they've got a bunch of races going on. Man, road races, trail races. Kathy and Barbara will get you what you need to run the races that you want to run. So check them out, www.runnersworldtulsa.com. But yeah, just to go back to Silver Heels that first time, at the time, dad life was in yeah. full swing. We had sold our house. This was 2021, so we had sold our house because we were – we knew that my wife was pregnant with our another one, so we needed a bigger house. We sold immediately because of how hot the market yeah. still is. But so we we're staying with the in-laws. We had been with the in-laws two to three months at that time, mm -hmm. and so th those they're my in-laws are incredible people. But when you're with your in-laws for three months every day all the time, it's, yeah, they can be the yeah. nicest people. It's not your yeah. home. It's not your <laughs> schedule. It's yeah. And so we had made the decision because my wife was five months pregnant. We weren't going to take my son. You know, we were stressed and we're like, okay, let's just go run this dang hundred miler. And so leading up to all that, all that life stressors, doubting myself that I could run a mountain hundred miler, I guess to like jump all the way back to when I was born, I had a lung surgery in which was like hospital records were lost and it was just a squirrely situation that my dad never followed up on, but lost medical records. But I knew I had a giant scar down my back, and, but I hadn't done any MRIs. I didn't, that's partially why I never did sports, but I let that seep into my head. And just all of it led to DNFing at Trout Creek, mile 71, where I was like, I called it quits. Jonathan, 
was telling me that, dude, you were yelling at yourself to try and psych yourself. I don't remember any of this. I was delirious. I was like trying to psych myself up to just continue on. But I ended up tapping and he tapped out with me. And then I went and got MRI like the following week because I let that play into a reason why. And it turns out that I do have a section of my lung that's missing, oh, but wow. it's nothing significant. Yeah. It's, just, it's just a calcified hole is what the doctor said. I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> okay I, okay i guess now that's i know that now but not to gloss over that but that was yeah. the reason why i never did contact sports as a kid because my dad he never allowed me because he thought that it would collapse my lung which it probably very well could have if i would have yeah. taken a hit from football or something but yeah all that led to a dnf at silver heels but i think i guess a blessing of covid was all the races from 2020 rolled over to 2021 so 2021 was filled with just race after race that i had already paid for so i had the hawk hunter miler mm. uh, a few months down the road and so dnfing silver hills and jonathan's hawk on the way back from silver hills when we both dnf he had signed up for his next hundred but or the outlaw is what yeah. he had said but i had the hawk in a couple months so i was like i'm not gonna i'll be mad about this for a day and that's all i allowed myself to yeah. do is just yeah. be mad for a day and then just throw myself a pity party and then we ended up buying a house i took a different position at work and just eliminated those life stressors mm. that weren't that just weren't necessary yeah. well just all the little things that you let build up in your head as a dad yeah just all the things so fast forward to the hog ran the hog got that thing done it was yeah. It was a puke and rally type of race. But <laughs> it happens. <laughs> yeah. A couple of things about Silver Heels. So first of all, Jonathan said, he said he, he thinks part of it might be you guys decided to run it together. And although yeah. that's cool, that might've been because of your, the ebb and flow, the highs and lows. So while, so while you're feeling good, you he's feeling bad or vice versa, you hold each other up. Do you think that played into part of it too? Yep. We didn't talk about it for a few weeks because we're both, was it my fault? Was it his fault? Was it whose yeah, fault yeah. was it? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I think that was the main thing because I don't know how much of that race you remember, but there's a giant downhill section during one of the gold dust loops. That's yeah. like a three, four mile downhill down a gravel road where, okay, we're going to make up our, because we were the last runners and yeah. it's insane how some of these people power hike that live in Colorado. Dude, like, I know it's humbling. You get out there and I feel like I'm in good shape and they just go flying by you. Like what? The yeah. Fuck? And the walk. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, in that particular section where, okay, we're going to make up some time, but my head was pounding and I had to walk and it just led to just overall yeah. being defeated, feeling defeated, eyeing the clock, eating cutoffs. And it just ultimately led to, I sit because at Trout Creek, there's a fire and I sat next to the fire. Don't ever yeah, sit next yeah, to the yeah. fire. The chair, man. Don't the chair. Do Everybody don't, don't do it. The chair. <laughs> yeah. In 2022, yeah. when I got past that same point, I had Ed take a picture next to that same fire. Yeah. And then we just continued on. Nice. I like it. I like it, man. So, Second thing about Silver Heels is you said you were yelling at yourself. So I distinctly remember when Cliff Pittman was pacing me during the Love It 100, the last little bit. And I remember getting, trying to just push up to the top of hills and your body's just exhausted and you're trying to, I think I had just passed up third place. So I'm in second place. And I didn't know how far first place was just trying to just push. And I was yelling at my legs, come on, legs, come on. And afterwards I was like, man, that was weird. He's like, no, that was awesome. I was like, okay. I felt I'm just thinking back. I don't know. I was yelling at my legs a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever you got to do, man. 
So let, let's get back to Silver Heels because, oh, and I got to tell you, you and Jonathan, you DNF Silver Heels, but you went back and you got redemption. And when you DNF one of those races, especially Silver Heels, he puts a dance hall, he puts your name on yep. the website until you go back and finish it. Your name's still on there, man. You got to email him to take your name off of there. It's still there. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. I'll email him because my name is, should not be on there. <laughs> no, man. You was looking. I just, before we do the podcast, look and see and make sure I got all my dates and stuff good and everything. And, and I said, let me go. I went to the race and I have a race report that shows up on the website. And I went to the dance hall and I was like, man, his name's still there, dude, for 2021. He finished that, man. He redeemed himself. <laughs> okay. I'll hit up John. <laughs> yeah. You need to get, you need to get that off of there, man. Yeah. So let's talk about that though. You went back different mind. Uh, and here's when I went to do, cause I had done, I'd done the 50 there and I knew it was tough. And I've shared before that I, all my hundred milers before then I finished in under 24 hours, man. But that one, I like, I just knew I went in with the mindset. I'm gonna have to grind this out. I'm probably gonna, I'm gonna go in, I'm gonna try to do it, but I'm probably just gonna have to grind this thing out. And so with that mindset, I was like, okay, whatever. I'm just going to keep moving. And it like, is that how you went into this? The second, what did you do differently? Besides not, you weren't tied to someone else. You just, you were able to run your race, but what else did you do? Training differently mindset? How did you? Uh, I implemented the steam sauna as mm -hmm. far as just trying to like back on me. I really think that helped. Yeah. Uh, and then just my mind was in like, I had experienced the DNF and I was like, I do not want to experience that again. That's, yeah. Like with these races, I don't run a ton of hundred milers or like a ton of races in general. They cost a lot of money. Yeah. But yeah. I put these, I put the big ones like on a pedestal and I go at it with everything I got. And yeah. with this one in particular, it's like, there's no way I am coming back without that little <laughs> buckle with the little coal worker or the miner or whatever that was. Yeah. I knew it was going to be a grind, but I had not experienced some of those climbs on the way back. Yeah. You guys have talked about it a little bit. It's the high part climb, like at the very end when you go. So on the way back, it's that just stupid climb. Yeah. And that goes all the way back up to the mine, essentially. Yeah. But I remember that because there's a couple of sections that I didn't know winded. And then just going up that hill or mountain. I, yeah. I'm from Kansas. That was <laughs> yeah, a mountain. Yeah, that was a mountain. Uh, That's right. <laughs> yeah. It was one of those, I'll never forget it. Climbing, like Ed West was with me. He was my pacer. He paced me the whole thing for, I think he paced me fit. Like my pacers, I try not to ask <laughs> you got for some a hardcore lot, pacers, I, dude. <laughs> I end up asking for a lot. But he paced me, I think, 45 miles, like almost the entire second half of the race. Yeah. But just the determination to get up that climb. And then he told me to turn around and look at the view. And I, I started crying like a baby. I was like, yeah, that yeah. was tough. Because essentially yeah. from there, it's almost all down. It's back down to fair mm -hmm. play. Yeah. But. Oh, and that section from when you get out of the woods and the mountains on that road, dude, that road is so long to finish it's it. so dude, long. And like your mileage is over. It's over. What is it? It ended up being like 108 or so. I don't know. It's a bunch. And you're looking at your watch yeah. and you're like, I'm still on this stupid road. Where is the town? Yeah. Like <laughs> my feet, that was when my feet fell apart too. Okay. And so I'm just yeah. like, I'm lumping that thing in. And yeah, just, I remember a comment that Ed, Cause we had got a little bit of service and he texted my wife was like, what were you doing about 21 minute miles? It might be about <laughs> an hour and a half, two hours. I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> I'm ready to be done. <laughs> like I'm moving fast in that. It was yeah. just one of those things that like, we have a group chat with all the speaker runners. We call ourselves buckleheads Cause that's all we do is run around like and, and try and get buckles. 
yeah. part of my motivation was like, I was not going to open that field of text because they all follow along. My wife will send them messages on how I'm doing and stuff because they all want to know. We all train together. We all, yeah. but I was not going to go back to a message board filled with, you did a good job and that was a good effort. 70 miles in the mountains, that's still pretty good. It's like, no, I don't want yeah, any yeah. part of that. <laughs> that's right. I want to have a buckle and take a picture with yeah. it. <laughs> yes. Oh. So well, that was, that. yeah, that was important. Yeah. So you dealt with on that, doing it, you said you dealt with blisters, you had to tape up and uh, how, talk a little bit of problem solving in your big efforts like that, man. What, cause it hurts, man. Are your feet hurt? You got to have your feet. <laughs> you gotta, yeah. You use your feet. Sometimes in that particular case, I had worn some La Sportivas. I've recently switched to the speed goats. Okay. I think that might help a little bit more cushion up there, but I didn't really have any stomach issues. It was just a grind. Yeah. And it was the grind that, that I knew it was going to be. It wasn't really surprising. Yeah. If I would do, I'd never done a legit caffeine taper because I always say that my job requires me to be caffeinated because yeah. I wake up so early in the morning yeah i work at coca-cola as a driver and go to work at four in the morning yeah wow (laughs) that's really early so yeah (laughs) like for worlds like completing silver hills and then i world toughest mutter in florida this past november i did a legit caffeine taper and because i had i'm addicted to caffeine like we all are same but i feel like if you do a two-week taper or at least minimize it and then use it during the race it was a game changer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if I had to do something different, it would be that. And then maybe a more highly cushioned shoe. But yeah. a big difference between 21 Silver Hills, 22 Silver Hills is that my fam, my whole family was there. You know, Carson and Jacoby, and they all met me. And it was a little bit more special at the end because, of course, I cried. But they had missed me at the last crew aid station because okay. I think they overslept or they did something. And I had gotten service and they're like, we're 15 minutes out. Because it's it was poor man's gulch and yeah. in the middle of nowhere and hard to get to. And I was like, we're leaving. Yeah, I ain't waiting for you. <laughs> so I hadn't seen them for, yeah. for quite some time. And so I think that made it made that finish a little bit more emotional and impactful. And yeah. And so I, I think that track was the hardest. The only other Western states finished on the track and then Silver Hills finishes on the track in there. And I like to think in my brain, I'm going to run that track and run it fast. But man, I didn't have much left for that track when I got on it. Yeah. It was just like, it was, I felt like I was running. Yeah. I ran it in quite a while because that was a lot of reflection in that half half yeah. track. But yeah, yeah. You know, Jonathan was there. He ran the fifth, the last call 50 because he had Leadville looming yeah. in a month. Yeah. And, but that was the whole reason why he didn't have to run that particular 50 mile or he was there yeah. for me yeah. and my wife is there and just friends that you meet along the trail too yeah. that some of them approach me because I you get to tell in your story and yeah i was here in 2021 i'm here to redeem myself and they're like dude every a station i asked if Devin was still in there and yeah. they said yes Nice. And they're like, you motivated me to get to this finish because I knew you were behind me. I'm like, that's so cool. I love that, that's dude. I, I love I that. I love that. Stuff. Just cheering each other on, man. Just being encouragement to each other. And what a beautiful sport that we're all competing, competing against each other, quotes. But we all want each other to, to get there and do it and yeah. you know, encourage each other, help each other. I love that, man. That's awesome. <laughs> yes, that's what it's all about. I love that stuff. And some of the times we just, the friends you meet on the trail, you connect on social media, you try to connect with other races, or you just give each other kudos on Strava. And that's kind of what happens. But you remember those times because, you know, sometimes, yeah, just good conversation comes out. And, and yeah, and sometimes in the case of World Toughest Mudder, you get to be running next to the elites because it's a five-mile loop. And some of those elite runners are running your pace at the middle of the race or whatever it may be. And yeah, I've had conversation with Amelia Boone before. 
just running yeah. next to her. Okay, see you later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So yeah, you've done all this, and then you got. I'm looking at your. I got your ultra sign up right here. But so I, I, we need to talk real quick, and I don't. We've got other stuff we can talk about too, but. You did the Eternal Damnation Backyard Ultra, and you've got it again in April. And I didn't realize that was in April. And I had to go check the date when I saw it. But I have my daughter's got a softball tournament that weekend. I was like, oh. but know. yeah. So tell me about you did it in, in last year, April 23rd. How was that? Was that your first last man standing race? Yes. I've always wanted to do the four for 30, which is in Missouri, but it's in like late November, December, and it's cold and it's on a golf course. But this one, Chase put on, Chase Hammond, and it's such a fun concept because if you think about it, I've finished 300 milers. Two of them were 29 hours and the other one was 36 hours. But hypothetically, if you were to get 100 miles at an eternal damnation, which is possible, that's a 24-hour 100 miler. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. But that was the loose goal going into that. But it's such a fun concept running the four hours or four, four miles every hour on the hour because yeah. you try to time it because you don't want to get there too early but you don't want to be like redlining it at the end either because oh man i got a minute to go and jonathan had he was at that race too and so were a lot of other friends but yeah that i think i ended up being fourth from the end like i was still running some of my friends that had gone they signed up they ended up tapping out or going back home and they're cheering me on from the end or cheering me on because we didn't know any of the other guys i know them all now they're awesome dudes uh, but it's, and you see everyone every hour, you see your crew every hour or that year. I didn't have any crew. My wife, she has agreed to go with me this year, Yeah. And, but oh, it's such a fun concept because if you bite it into chunks, you know, it's four miles. That's all you gotta do in an hour. That's yeah. pretty reasonable. Yeah. And yeah. you just, you just keep doing it and just keep doing it and you keep and doing it. Do it. It's so. Forces uh, you to pace yourself. You know, really a lot of times in a hundred miler, we go out, you're excited, ner nerves, and you go blasting out of there and you end up burning yourself out too quick. And this, in an hour, you're going to get 4.16667 miles or whatever it is. Like, whatever. I would ask if you've been at my hundred milers because you just described how it goes. You start off hot <laughs> and then <laughs> and hang on for dear life. <laughs> I know I think we all do it, man. Like I, I've looked down at my watch. Sometimes you take off and you're like, yeah, this is stupid. We got to burn yeah. it off for at least the first few miles and then back off and settle down. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think I follow Chase's page, his eternal damnation page. And he caps it at 66 to go with the theme of the hell Creek and 666 yeah. and all those things. But I think it's going to be a sold out one, but what was like, so when I ran my last lap, it was like lap, I think they call them yards, just yeah, like what yeah. last week called them. It was yard 13. And that's when I like timed out. I was like quarter mile from the end when Chase hit the gong because yeah. he has a gong for every time someone is eliminated. And so he hit my gong. And then the three guys that went back out, they had a cool story because they only had one working headlamp between the three of them. So they all teamed up and they all yeah. ran that loop together. I'm like, man, that's a cool story. I want to be yeah. a part of that. And, yeah. then, <laughs> and then two of them quit after that. So the winner actually went to more than I did. I'm like, gosh, dang it. I could have found yeah. that. You should have ran faster, day. Devin. Come on. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But yeah, at the time though, I still had the DNF of Silver Hill still yeah. that taste. And I, looking back, I tapped out and I was like, ready to be done. But this year, I would like to go a hundred miles at that thing. Jonathan and I 
and just not that we're going to run it together, but let's do, let's do the last two and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> so, let's just try to try to encourage each other. You know? Yeah. But well, it, what, I think it might, I think they're up to like 50 runners. And so that I think it might sell out. There's still about a month ago. Yeah. I looked at that. I looked at it. It's cl- right at right under 50, I think. So yeah, I'm sure it's going to mm-hmm. end up selling out, yeah. man. What, you should, if you can't do it this year, you should do it at some point because it, it's a fun concept and it forces you to pace yourself and it's not just fun because you see everyone it's kind of like world toughest mutter you see everyone yeah. every yeah. single lap and and the two things two things about it one of the things i love like when you hear courtney DeWalter talk about it like she wants to keep going and see how far they can go mm-hmm. and so there's that aspect but there's also the gamesmanship about trying to you looking at everybody else and you're working together but you're also like yeah he looks pretty tired or he's having a rough patch and <laughs> just trying to figure out because you know everybody wants to be the last last man standing and so you're there's the gamesmanship too so there's that there's all those dynamics and it sounds fun it'd probably be fun to to do a documentary really and like filming everybody when they go into their crew thing and what how they're really feeling and then when they come out and they're all acting like everything's great (laughs) yeah the motivation so if you if you win chase's race eternal you get a free entry to four for 30 and then if you hypothetically win four for 30 you get an entry into big's backyard Okay, so gotcha. Big's backyard is the big boy one. Yeah. So that's where some of those elite runners go and the Harvey Lewis doing 300 some miles. It's, it's just insane. Yeah. <laughs> Man. So I was looking the Arkansas version, Arkansas backyard. It's a, I don't know, the copper coin or whatever. You went, you do well mm-hmm. in it. You go to a silver coin event. I, I don't remember where that one is, but anyway, that's, it's There's a, a lot of them now. Yeah, There's a lot of them have come out. And so I'm going to end up at one sooner or later. My wife will be, <laughs> you're stupid. But <laughs> so yeah. just, as long as she helps me with it, it'd be all right. Well, yeah. So you got that. I see you got the Skyline Scramble supporting your boy, Jonathan. Yeah, I'm doing the 12-hour one. I sent him a text earlier today to just because it's his first race. And yeah. I'm excited to run a race and it's your race. Yeah. So that's awesome. And it's, I'm so I'm running the 12-hour but I'm going to try and be the fastest one on the first loop. So I'm going to see if anyone wants to have some friendly competition to yeah, yeah. see who can get the fastest first loop. I think, he's got, I think he's got like almost 60 runners, nice. which is just so cool because I always say that Topeka has such good trails mm. in the town, in the city, and then near the city, but there's no races in Topeka outside of a road race. Yeah. And so when Jonathan, he's stepping into kind of this race director role, Dude, it's needed, and I think you're going to succeed. And this was just the beginning for him, which is exciting stuff. But yeah, he calls it the, it's the skyline scramble, and all the buckleheads are going to be a part of it. They're all running. There's three, six, twelve-hour distances. Yeah, I think I don't really have a goal. I just want to go out guns a blazing and see what happens, <laughs> was, just like I do with everything else. I was <laughs> going to say, I was like, racing that first loop is probably not the best, thing, but I like it. <laughs> I like fun. it. That's just the way I am. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, okay. So those are the only two I see on there. What else you got on the horizon, man? What's, what other things are you looking at? What's your next big goal race that you want to, you want to go and crush after you're done with those or what's a bucket list race um, for you? So I've gotten a few of the buckleheads roped into running just a normal tough mutter with me in Missouri. Nice. And I was joking with them. It was like, it gives you an excuse to strength train because most runners don't strength train. And it's like, it's, it's so important to lift weights so you don't get injured, but most runners still don't. But yeah. we got a few of them doing that with me, but that's just a normal tough mutter. But I am running the Bighorn 100. In, okay, that's right. In Wyoming. So that's, I consider that, I consider it a big boy race Yeah, because it, it is a Western States qualifying race, but it's, I think it's got 20,000 feet of elevation. 
Yeah. And it's most people say that have run that and run Silver Hills. They say if you finish Silver Hills, you can do Bighorn because I Silver Hills I think is less overall elevation gain and descent, but it's not as high up there. But that's a big one that my my summers is based around Jonathan is also running that, but we have agreed not to run it together. Yeah, nice. <laughs> and so we have learned that. And there's a few other speaker guys that are running the 50 miler out there, but yeah, the Bighorn 100, it's an, it's a 50 mile out and back. It starts on a Friday and I think you have, I think it's 34 hours okay. to finish it, but it's sold out. It sells out every year, but yeah, that's a big one. I know that Chase has, a few races now that I'm eyeing the Cowboy 200, which is the opposite of it's a rails to trails 200 yeah. miler, and like that sounds awful but awesome at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. It, yeah, I agree. I agree. Like one of these years, I do want to run Prairie Spirit here in Kansas because I want to see how fast I can do 100 miler. Yeah, you and, need to, and that's the one to do it on. Yeah, but at the same time, it's man, I don't want to run 100 miles on rails to trails. But so I don't know if you've heard about this, and I guess I can say a little bit about it, but. Not this year, but next year at Prairie Spirit, there's going to be a, there's going to be a 200 mile option. It's got a different name, but it's going to start before and do. I forgot the name of the trail, Flint Hills Trail that crosses it. Flint Hills Trail. Yep. It's going to do that, and then it's going to you're going to join in with the Prairie Spirit hundred people for you probably around your second hundred on the Prairie Spirit Trail. Are you going back to Ottawa? Is it a point to point, or are you? You're going to, let's see, you're going to start, I think it starts in Ottawa. It's, they're still working out the details, but it's going to go like across Flint Hills, both ways and back into Ottawa. And then you're going to jump on the, basically the Prairie Spirit 100. You're going to do the same course that that the that's 100 cool. is after that. That's a, that's interesting to me because I've done, I've done the 100 twice out there, the can, the fall version, the Kansas, Kansas and Prairie Spirit. And so it, that's pretty flat, man. It probably, do a pretty fast 200 out there. I don't know. Yeah. Just, putting, just letting you know that's coming. It's interesting. Like just saying the words out loud, that would be a pretty fast 200 miler. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How far it's down stupid. this rabbit hole have we gone? It's, just, it's, it's stupid. But you're that kind of guy. I can tell that you just want to <laughs> just push. Let's just go. Let's just go. Just do it, man. Just do it. Just do it. Go. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that, but I love that whole, that area. I love the racing community. Now that their outlaw is doing mm -hmm. those races and stuff. And it was, they were timer guys did a great job beforehand too. And so it's in good hands. It's great, great races, easy to crew, easy to run. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. It's yeah. I guess Bighorn, And then I do want to run the flat rock one one miler yeah, doing yeah, that. Yeah. And then low key, not to jump right into 200. I do want to try the outlaw 135. Yeah. Nice. In, in February, Jonathan has also challenged me to that one. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are going to so, kill each other. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, so I wanted to ask you this before we even got to start talking about running, but dude, tell me about your, you're playing in bands right now. You play drums, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. To add to the dad life training plan. You I don't have I, enough I, to do. I, yeah. I'm also a five-year-old <laughs> soccer coach. Oh, like okay. I'm, yeah. I'm coaching my five-year-old son's soccer team. You do, you're doing like I do, man. Just keep stacking <laughs> stuff on and just whatever. Just throw it on. Just sleep when I'm yeah, dead. <laughs> yeah. The soccer club we signed him up for, I put maybe in the interested in coaching checkbox. Yeah, and so, of course, they call me and they're like, so is that a yes? I was like, you know what? Let's do it. Because yes. it's all the things like, yeah. it's out of my wheelhouse, but I think I would have fun with it. So I decided to do that. But with the band stuff, I've been playing drums since I was fifth grade. Nice. Just in school, it was marching band. And then I got involved in bands and playing in bar bands. And then, you know, I'm still a part, a hard rock metal band, Our Lives okay. Yesterday. 
And so, but yeah, just to add to all the hats that I have, add being a soccer coach and a drummer and a band to do ultra (laughs) runners. I was joking the other day because our soccer games are on Saturdays. I'm like, my Saturdays are now going to consist of a long run in the morning and then coaching five-year-old soccer a soccer team. My Saturdays are booked for the next three months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, that, what, what a great, Hey, that's great for ultras, man. Just make, extend the day, make it chase, chase five-year-olds around after you've run a bunch of miles. Of course. <laughs> hey man. So the, I played in a band and we did some of this stuff, we did worship stuff too, but we did some heavy metal Christian music, some disciple yeah. and some project 86. I don't know if you remember, if you heard of those guys and uh, some other no disciple. Yeah. Yeah, I do know Disciple. Demon Hunter is a good Christian band. I think yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah, I've heard of them. We didn't do we didn't do their stuff, but yeah, <laughs> we. <laughs> so anyway, that's cool, man. I like that. Um, I miss those days of of yeah, playing in a band and singing and rocking out, man. That's good stuff. Enjoy it while you can, man. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, man, it's been good talking to you, man, Devin. It's been awesome just hanging out and hearing more of your story. You and I, we've conversed, we've met and got to talk, but I don't know. It's been good just getting to know you more, man. And I'm looking forward to, it's been fun watching you and Jonathan, just the things you guys have done and I'm looking forward to seeing what you're going to do, man. I'll always be cheering you guys on, man. And if there's ever anything I can do to help you on your journey, man, let me know. I appreciate that. This is a giant green light, as you guys talked about. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's no, that was such a funny story because we were, yeah, we were both talking about that book on how this was all this was, this was getting us through that one on one k. Yeah, I was like, well, that's a green light. Well, I don't feel terrible. That's a green light. And then you yeah. come up and you're like, David, have you ever listened to green lights? I'm listening to it right now. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yes. that's, a great <laughs> that's awesome dude yeah because I, I that my friend fawn who who actually directs the red dirt ultra now and uh, it was this weekend and she told me about it and she said when she was doing the awashita trail fkt she was listening to it and just cracking up in the woods by herself and so when i was running because that book is hilarious it's profound but some of the stuff that that matthew mcconaughey's lived through i was running oh, through the woods and i was just cracking up by myself i was like this can't be real dude this can't be true <laughs> People are nuts. And uh, it was, I need to listen to it again. But if you heard la- me laughing like a crazy person in the woods, it was, that's why. We knew you were coming behind us. So when we like looked behind us, like if there was a hill or a cross trail, that might've been you. Like we didn't know what was behind us. And then all of a sudden there's David. So <laughs> yeah. we knew you were coming, but yeah. but yeah, man, just thanks for everything you do, man. Just know that, that doing this podcast for me is incredibly special because this was the first running podcast I ever listened yeah. to. And just some of the guests that you've had on, whether it's from elite runners to the guy you had on last week, the, I think he's currently running the, or he's doing the, the Adinerod or. Yeah. Uh, I, I think whatever. he's, while we're recording this, I think he started. So yeah. Yeah. yeah so, I posted the link I, earlier. Yeah. I've listened to all his episodes. I listened right. to your mid, your midweek motivation stuff really hits in a lot of times. So man, just thanks for everything. Oh, man, um, I all that you do, it. all just leading the example that you do a man of God and just, just everything you do. It was awesome meeting like your daughter too at Flat Rock 50K, running her 50K. Just the example that you show and just thanks, man. This is uh, awesome. All right. Well, me and John, we'll probably just fanboy every time we see you still, even though no, we kind of know you, <laughs> we know you on a personal level now, but it's, it's awesome. Hey man, but, it's, been, it's been a pleasure getting to know you guys. And really, it's, I, thank you. It was cool hanging out with your family, having cake with you guys awesome, and stuff man. at Flat Rock, man. It, no, it's cool, <laughs> man. And so I hope we get to do it again. I love, I'll, I'll probably be at Flat Rock, probably be at m- most of the outlaw races if I can. Any of those you guys are at, we'll hang. <laughs>
If you want to pace me at the Flat Rock 100 Miler, we'll have birthday cake because that is my birthday. Okay, okay, okay. I will. <laughs> we, well, let's talk about that. We'll see. That that, that will be fun. <laughs> yeah, that may be something that can happen. So let's look at that. that that'd be awesome. All Thanks, right. David. All right, man. Get back to your family and uh, and we'll visit again soon, brother. I right, appreciate it. <laughs>